Welcome to episode three, Voices of the Learning Network. My name is Erin. I am your sparkly host today. Um, Today we have a really interesting topic and one that I think is extremely timely. But before we get into our topic, I do want to introduce my co-podcaster today. I am absolutely delighted, humbled, and excited to have Fiona McBride joining me. Fiona McBride owns Fiona McBride Consulting. She is a learning development consultant and has been so for the past 10 years, freelancing through facilitation, coaching, and just all around being a voice of what learning should be and all around just a great person. So today we're going to talk about human up. That's right. We are listening, learning, and growing as we're creating something that's new. And when we talk about learning, it's time to human up. So Fiona, first question, why learning? Why learning? Hello. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Why learning? So why learning for me? Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't have like a neat kind of parceled up response for you Erin honestly um I just I've always loved helping people I think that's something that's kind of come out as I was you know kind of growing and you know did a lot of volunteering when I was younger still do um and I nearly took I nearly went to university and did an event management degree (laughs) and then I thought actually no I'm going to stay more local in Brighton in the UK and I'm going to do business and personnel. And then all of the modules I did were looking at things around personal development, skills development, supporting others, right? And I've then stayed in that space. So there's just something about being there alongside somebody in some capacity and, yeah, helping them move forward, I guess, or explore something or... And if we put this in the workplace context, you know, do something more effectively in work. Does that make sense? It, it completely does. It's not I, a neat one, though, is it? It's, bit, it's not a neat answer. But it's never a neat answer. That's what I'm learning. The more I ask that question, it's never a neat answer. And I love that you attached learning with volunteering and helping and helping not only people grow, but organizations grow. I think that's the core of learning. So it's very neat. Very neat. So Fiona, today our topic is human up. And um, the basis of this little fun phrase is how do we put the human back into learning? It's a big question. So thank you for that. I have had coffee this morning. And it's one that I've been reflecting on quite a lot since you asked me to to join you here on the podcast. And and I found kind of part of the question phrasing interesting, that back into, right? You said, how do we put back into learning? And and it got me thinking, oh, are we finding that we've come away then from that personalised, real, practical learning opportunities or whatever you want to however you want to describe them experience um and I was thinking back through my work so far um and I think I'm quite fortunate that I've always done my best to keep the learner the person really center and focused and 
within my work and how I design my work, building in those checking opportunities, mm -hmm. that's checking with myself and checking with other people to make sure that the, I don't know, so that the other things kind of come in or we go out of focus on, on actually the real need, you know? Well, tell me a little bit more about the need because oftentimes in learning, it's I'm teaching you how to gown. I'm teaching you compliance. I am teaching you, you know, how to use Oracle. And I think that's where I find so much we're losing the human and we're losing the need because it's just a checkbox. But the fact of the matter is that's a perfect touch point because it's so vital to what they do on a daily basis. So when we think about this, even in terms of the worst training, compliance training, what would you do if, for an organization? How would you bring the human back in? How would you build connection from the get-go? I think that's the key word right there. That actually, you just said it's about noticing the connection. I think there's definitely, there's a piece in this, isn't there, about how we design something that learning experience, that experience of someone or a group of people. And then also what happens in the moment then when people are engaging with that experience. So it, it feels like there's many layers to this for me. And if we're talking about online, then there's maybe there's an element of different design kind of methodology around that. And if we're talking about in person, a whole other load of kind of design methodology comes in. And I think, so it's that pre-work that's really important to start to think about the individuals we're trying to support and help to grow and develop and have behavior shifts or, you know, um, and then to really, again, it's going back to that point of that checking in along the way that we're sticking to what we first identified the need to be. And so for me within that, there's many conversations, there's, lots of asking of questions there's lots of listening and there's lots of listening to what is being said and what isn't being said and being curious part of my job is to be curious and sometimes I call it being nosy but curious often sounds better <laughs> um, because there are many things to take into account aren't there there's the environment there's the individuals there that you know their contexts um, context you know of the group if you're looking you know if you're looking at a group of individuals who are within one organization or if they've been if they're coming from many organizations so there's these different layers that we need to pay attention to um and I want to say time like this takes time but I know for a lot of people that's a luxury so I think that's where my hesitancy is in saying taking our time to get you know to create something that then is valuable and means that that individual those people are really at the center of what we're trying to offer and create i i think this is this is my perspective so sometimes we have to take a long time in the beginning and forget short-term wins because in the long term will have created such a strong foundation that you can put anything on top of that. And I think that may be a shift that we need to think about because giant in the room, elephant in the room, we have AI. And AI potentially 
could make development very easy. So we could actually spend time creating the foundation, which is where you need the human. And so since yeah. I mentioned it, how do we combine AI and the human? Do you think they're going to be What's your projection? Crikey. Um, Right now where I'm at with it is I feel that it has a place and it's really useful and it's, it's another tool within our toolkit, right? So with my work and the work I do with my clients, the, that tool, the, the tool of AI and how I can utilize it for myself and for them and together with them is amazing because it's another tool. But again, it's that, where does that come in the design methodology? You know, like when do I just jump to AI because it's there and it's new or it's not new because it's been around for ages, but it's, it's louder, isn't it now? Yeah. Um, um, do I kind of jump there first or do I again take my time and then see it as one of many resources, tools I can techniques I can pull on to enhance that learning kind of experience and offer for someone um but it's definitely something we need to be paying attention to for sure and I was at a conference earlier in the year and you know somebody was on stage talking about, about AI they've been talking about it for 20 years and um, but like I said, you know, now it's louder. <laughs> People are going, oh, okay, right. So tell me more about that. Oh, really? Um, so um, for many people in our network, in our profession, they'll have been using it really well for a while, right? And using it effectively and usefully, and it, it'll add value. Um, but again, yeah, I see it as part of the pot. It's one of many kind of tools in my work. Well, since you mentioned conferencing, you know, for years now, since 2020, We've all been online and we've been creating all of these digital solutions and we very, very quickly learned how to interact via screens. But now we have the opportunity to go back to conferencing, to go back to face-to-face. So talk to me a little bit about how you feel now we can take lessons learned from our virtual world and make conferencing, face-to-face, facilitating, ILT even more impactful. I think I think there's something about really utilizing the time we spend in those spaces well. Because before it was always it's a big ask, isn't it? If it's a two day conference, which typically big conferences are, they usually go over a day. Um, that's a lot of someone's time to step away um to attend that. It's a lot of money in some cases, you know, because it's the cost of being there and the travel and accommodation perhaps. Um so there's something about making it matter making it be a valuable space to be in which I think we are we have shifted and I think we're shifting a bit more more recently into that experience and how can we help people get the best experience then when they are there because it is amazing to sit in um, a workshop or a session at a conference and hear from an individual or two on um, different topics and hear like latest research data Um, insight that is amazing but also it's the things that are in between those that are important too right that connection and I think again with with conferencing and with big events I come back to it's the connections that we can make and that's the personal ones for our self-development our professional development Um, but it's also connections with regards to um 
to making sense of where we're at with our work uh, and I don't know if that, that makes sense but it, you know if you come away for a day and, or a two-day conference you've changed the pace of your week haven't you because you've Absolutely. stepped away from your usual day and so how can you or can, you know or it's about you know can you make the most then of connecting with where you're at and what you're hearing and we know the brain needs space and to slow down every so often to sense make and to be creative so I suppose that comes into it for me the connection about being with other people is very valuable but also that making connection and sense making I and I love how you brought up to the space between because I think I've always taken that for granted. Go to these conferences, mm. session-based, mm. keynote-based. And the space in between, we always just assumed was there. And once it wasn't, we lost so much of those rich conversations you had from point A to point B, where you did download with others, where you talked about, did what did you think? And, and I think it was just so taken for granted. And now those spaces in between are just as important as the space that we're working and we're listening and we're actively engaged. Mm. And so I think as people approach conference season, let's be mindful of that and mm. actively seek out those spaces in between. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I very much appreciate that some people will need to go away and find their own space and be on their own, right. And have downtime. So that, and that's all completely great too but you're right then when we feel like re you know refueled whatever the word is re-energized to then go ah hang on there's a whole bunch of people right now in the same building as me that I may never meet again or have the opportunity to talk with and pick their brains so maybe even for like one of the coffee breaks I'll make sure I have 15 minutes to go and talk to someone completely random you know, and it's usually in the coffee queue, isn't it? It's like oh, usually it's... waiting for the lunch. <laughs> but it's a really beautiful thing because I think that that how we've just how we're talking about that, how we describe that, that's the humanness. That's 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 then the connection even more. Because I know many speakers in conferences will say, "Turn to the person next to you." You know, what's your thoughts on a question? They might put something up on the screen, and that's brilliant. Like even that, like quick engagement is is yeah. helpful. Um, but yes, the spaces, the gaps where we can go, oh, there's, there are other humans and I can explore this. I don't have to be on my own. You know, I don't have to go back to my organization with all this stuff that's now in my head. I can explore it while I'm here. You know, um, I love that seeing people huddled around weird stand up ta tall tables where you stand up and you have to <laughs> with your coffee cup, juggling all your notebooks and things. <laughs> Well, I, other, the other thing I heard from you is pace. So when we do mm. go to conferences or even when we have, you know, face-to-face -face trainings, it changes the pace of our week. And so we can't always go to conferences every week, although maybe some of us wish we could. How in your daily practice are you changing the pace so that you're always making sure that you're focusing on the human? And maybe this is in your own practice. Maybe this is as you're working with clients but how do you focus on pace yeah um I love I love this question so thank you and I think it's a really important one and for the last three four years maybe I've definitely been more aware of that about 
um, how quickly I'm working or how quickly I'm jumping from one thing to the next. And even in my, you know, learning design or in my work with my clients, um, it's definitely more now at the forefront of of my mind. Um, one of those reasons being that I qualified as a yoga teacher in 2019. So there's a whole thing in here for me about um, reflective practice. And reflective practice yeah. has, has always been in my learning and development world. And um, I've been really fortunate to go on a number of workshops and do more of that myself and also learn how to help others do it. So, you know, as a coach and as a mentor, facilitator, I, f I think it's really important. But um, yeah, as a yoga teacher, it's kind of then smashed up these two worlds together in a really nice way. So I think, I don't know what you think, but I think people struggle with slowing down a little bit. I don't think it's the easiest thing to do. And I'm not saying that with any judgment because I feel that myself especially when the demands and on our lives are quite high with um, with work and home, et cetera, and that balance. Um, so I'll do my best personally to have little reflective pauses in my day. And sometimes they might be all of one or two minutes. So it's not even any, anything fancy or technical. It's literally a, right, five minutes in my diary, <laughs> get up, move away from my desk, and just even if it's like walk up and down the stairs or around the block, um, so it can be that simple um, to other kind of activities like asking myself some reflective questions or the journaling piece. Um, so that I usually give a bit longer to. And then as a learning and development person, I've definitely become braver in building that into my design um, of, of workshops, of sessions, of coaching, of facilitation um, work that I do. And again, because I know people can get quite um, uncomfortable or it feels really different for a lot of people I keep it short and sweet so it will be a you know right we're going to pause here we've got one minute just take a breath like yeah and it, again it's not fancy it's not complicated it's not a technique or a complicated tool of reflection I have to explain to anyone and then I try and grow the duration of those pauses throughout say the day or the session so then it might become two minutes and then it might be five and then it might be at the end of the day and it's longer so I think there's something about little and often is important and then doing it in a way where people feel they're still getting value. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I kind of land with that. I love it. I love it. And I think as a fellow freelancer, it's so hard in my own practice to slow down. And so I love this approach of, you know, early and often. So just, Start mm. with 30 seconds, start with one question, start with one moment where you walk away mm. and you don't have a chore to do. And that's the other thing as we work at home. Now we not only have to do our work, but now we have to do the laundry too. That was something I didn't have mm. to do when I went to the office. So I, I love that idea of being very purposeful in your diary and saying, this is a time that's five minutes for me. And this is a time that's for my learners. Here's a minute for you because it is very important for our brain to stop and to think. So um, as we're closing up the podcast, Fiona, what would you like our listeners to know about you, about learning, something they could take away, a nugget that they could kind of chomp on today and say, oh, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to share that. And I know I put you completely on the spot, but... <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, you have. <laughs> wow. Because that feels like a really big thing. It's like, what really insightful thing? It's the small things, it's the small spaces that make the most difference. So that's even more pressure. <laughs> yeah. I think I don't have a neat, there's obviously a theme coming out with me. I don't have a neat kind of boxed thing. But I suppose if if people are struggling to find that time to um, slow it down just a bit, I'm not talking about anything dramatic. But if people, you know, if people are kind of saying they're listening, maybe now and they're thinking, "Oh, yeah, that's all well and good, but you know, my days are crazy." then I'd probably, my little bit of an idea might be, well, when you do have the breaks, because we're not robots, right? So we need to eat and we need to make a drink or get a glass of water or something. So when those those natural breaks come in that we allow ourselves to have, um, what if we make the best of those times? So, okay, if, even if you only have 20 minutes for a lunch break, if you might not get an hour, how can you make the best of those 20 minutes to really slow down and disconnect and allow yourself to just take a minute, you know, and allow your brain to catch up and allow the thinking to happen and the dots and the connections to be made um, and the ideas maybe to start to percolate. Um, that might be my, yeah, that might be my thing. So if you're, if you're, if you struggle to build in like reflective practice or you struggle to, take a pause or it doesn't feel like right now that's a thing you can do when you do have a break in your day what about leaving the phone next to the laptop and just purely switching off just for a bit or yeah doing something a bit different noticing something happening outside or go for a walk around the block for your two minutes or whatever I don't know I don't know what you think but that just feels like make the most of what we have maybe is is my thing I think that's I'm taking it away. I'm chopping on it. I I, abs- I think it's a challenge. I think that is a challenge to our listeners. Put down the phone, pick up a book, go on a walk, you know, pet the cat, <laughs> you know, feed the turtle, whatever it might be. <laughs> but do, you know, truly disconnect. I think, and I, mm. I try it once. That's the challenge. Try it once. Yeah. See how it feels. See if it's different. And if it works, try it again. I think that yeah. I love that. I love that approach. And there's there's lots of other kind of physical ways to slow down and other ways you can build it in personally or within your facilitation, your learning design. And I'm always happy to talk about those things, you know, because I've been looking into it now for a good few years. So yeah, I'm always happy to share kind of other ideas and I can put some links perhaps into the show notes for you of a couple of those that are out there already on on the internet, you know people to have a look at because they do add a lot of value so I think it's worth just exploring a little bit I love it and we're going to not only have those links in our show notes but we're going to have the links to Fiona's contact information so you can contact Fiona you can learn more about her and what she does and don't forget as we talked about conferences our learning network conference connect 2023 is coming up Uh, Get tickets now because pretty soon they will be sold out and you will not get the opportunity to go. This is a one day conference. It is a chance to connect with people like Fiona. Have those moments where you can ask her questions and pick her brain and get more nuggets so that your life 
has really become, and your learning has really become a little bit more humanized. And so with that, Fiona, what a great conversation to start my day. Thank you so much for joining us. I literally am going to go off and do something. I, I am like, okay, 7.30 US time. I just need to go take a walk. <laughs> and you have absolutely inspired me. I loved it. Here is our Minute with feature. Today we have a Minute with Andrew. Andrew, let's hear your Minute. Thanks, Evan. I've been a Learning Network Director for three years now, I think it is, and first became aware of the Learning Network many years ago. But I never joined because I didn't know what value it was going to add for me. When I did join, I suddenly realized there was loads of people who knew loads of stuff who could help me do my job better um, and then wondered why I hadn't been involved in, in the network before. Since being a director and looking at mentoring, uh, what I found is the level of understanding and knowledge of our profession is immense. And I would highly recommend people, one, join the network, but two, then consider becoming a director as well just to understand how they can help support the learning industry in a better way. Perfect. Oh, hang on. Fiona here again. Just a suggestion. What if now when you finish listening to us on this podcast, you pop your phone down, take a look out the window, go for a little walk, try and find that minute to, to slow down, to reflect. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank all of our listeners for joining us on our journey. Remember, speak up, speak out. It is our voice that gives us our power. And thank you so much for joining us today.